Have you ever wanted to hike the Inca and Azagate Trail, explore Machu Picchu, walk the ancient historic cobbled streets of Cusco, and hydrofoil on Lake Titicaca? Stay tuned to learn how to do and experience many other fascinating sites in southern Peru. Enjoy the show. traveladviceshow.com and thank you for listening all around the world and my name's Chris Newton and I'm one of the co-hosts and I'd like to introduce my other co-host Jerry Fuller. Uh, how you doing today? Jerry? Fantastic. Okay. Yes, I'm really excited about having Martha Tavera from Marnella Tours with us talking about southern Peru and various areas there that many people want to know more details about. Welcome Martha, we're glad to have you with us. Thank you, Jerry and Chris. It's always nice to be with you guys. And um, today we are going to talk uh, about the highlands, actually, of Peru and the southern part of Peru. And like we mentioned in the past, we always have to start with Lima. Right. Being <laughs> the hub yeah. of Peru, <laughs> yeah. you cannot help but uh, making a stop there. So we shall start with our flight from all of the um, main cities of the United States. We have direct flights into Lima on daily basis and many flights a day. And uh, from here, we can connect to any other city of Peru. In many cases, it can be done on the same day. And in some cases, depending on the airline, you would have to overnight in Lima. Um, my suggestion is that you spend at least a couple of nights in Lima. Um, most people will say, well, why Lima? Well, Lima happens to have one of the most incredible uh, ruins also, if you're interested in the archaeology part. Right outside of Lima, we have Carao, which of course many people don't know about, but it is the oldest city in the Americas, worthwhile visiting if you're interested in that part of the um, of the history of Peru. We also have Pachacamac, which is right there in Lima, which is also something worthwhile seeing before you take off for the rest of your adventure of Peru. Not to mention that Lima is one of the greatest culinary centers today in Latin America. It is a treat to experience a couple of good restaurants before you leave. So again, Lima is worthwhile not only for its history, its great museums, restaurants, and also many of the archaeology sites that we tend to miss every time we just fly right on to the next destination. Now, obviously, the main reason for going to Peru today is visiting Cusco. Cusco is only one hour's flight from Lima, 
and now you are in the highlands, you're in the Andes. So uh, you're going to be elevating over 10,000 feet above sea level, which might affect you because of the altitude. So it's important that when you get to Cusco, you give yourself at least, if not 24 hours, at least half a day to let your body adjust to the altitude so that you can enjoy the rest of the trip and not feel sick. Normally, you will experience some headaches, maybe nausea, maybe you're going to get a little bit tired. But all this is going to be just temporary. With a nice um, cup of coca tea, you will feel great. And there are other, um, you know, teas that they will be able to give you that will be of great help with the altitude illness. So don't let that. Uh, scare you. It is normal. And uh, believe me, in a few hours, you'll feel great. So my suggestion is arriving to Cusco and then stay that afternoon resting and just walk around slowly. Don't go crazy. And you start your day, your excursions the following day. And for this, of course, you have Cusco, the morning, you can do uh, the, the city tour of historical uh, Cusco, which is absolutely incredible. You have to understand. But now you're going back to the 13th century. So it is absolutely uh, fantastic to see that all the buildings that you will see, especially the hotels, have all been built on the sites of these walls that are from the days of the Incas. Because this is a historical center um, guarded by UNESCO, they're not allowed to do any other type of constructions. Everything has to be done on those same walls. So everything behind these walls would be the hotels. Inside, they can do anything they want, all the way from... Um, three-star property to a super deluxe over-the-top monasterio, which are the Belmont hotels, with all the luxuries that you want, but everything has to be done using the walls that are there. They're not allowed to change that. The facade of the buildings are the same. Inside, you will have the luxuries, right? Again, all the streets are going to be cobblestone streets. You're going to enjoy walking the city, which is the fantastic thing to do. Uh, you, uh, when you're in Cusco, you feel as though you've been transported to another century, that nothing really has changed except once you start um, seeing you know, the amount of tourism there is, and that's when you realize, oh boy, it is, uh, it is, of course, uh, the 21st century with all the traffic, but otherwise, it is really something quite impressive. The um, other thing, of course, is that we have any amount of great restaurants also in Cusco. And do you know that today you can actually take cooking lessons. Oh, nice. Believe it or not, 
even though you're not on the coastline, you can take cooking lessons and learn how to make ceviche and also how to prepare pisco sours, which are all the, our national uh, foods in Peru. In the highlands, you also eat uh, llama meat and also you have the guinea pig. In the States, we have them as pets, but in Peru, in the highlands only, they do breed them to eat. And they're, they're very, very delicious meat, actually, just so that you don't get too shocked when they're offered to you. <laughs> um, yes. When uh, in Cusco, a lot of people are now, instead of staying in the city of Cusco, they opt to go to the Sacred Valley. The Sacred Valley is lower uh, in altitude, so it makes it easier for you to get acclimated to the altitude. Plus the fact that it is a very beautiful area. There is a river that runs right in the middle of this valley, uh, making it um, a very um, serene, relaxing type of atmosphere. We have a lot of yoga centers and and spiritual centers in the area of the Sacred Valley where many people are going today to meet with shamans and all this because it's uh, it has become very well known for for that kind of thing. Plus, of course, the Sacred Valley offers all kinds of outdoor sports like dirt biking, trekking, whitewater rafting, zip lining. So when families go with young kids, they love this area because there's a lot for them to do. I would highly suggest staying in the Sacred Valley at least a couple of nights because it does give you that serenity that you need for the rest of your trip. Uh, from here, you would also have the option of doing any amount of different type of trekkings. Uh, I have to mention this because um, I, I'm getting on daily basis people saying, I want to take the Inca Trail or I want to take the Baby Trek, which is a one-day trek, right? Mm-hmm. Well, both of these treks, because of the amount of people going on them, it has been restricted. So we can only take up to 500 people a day. Now, think about this. 500 people a day, and they're selling them all over the world. Not only the United States, and not only Marnella Tours. So, like now, we are in March, and there's no space on the Inca Trek until September. Oh my wow. gosh, so that really? should give that you book? an idea, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it changes on daily basis, actually per hour. Jeez. And to be able to get the space, you have to give your passport numbers, date of birth, and pay for it. And once you pay for it, it's a non-refundable. You cannot even transfer your reservation to somebody else. So... It is, uh, I mean, it's like winning a lottery to do it. So if you're really thinking of doing something like the Inca Trail, 
which is a three-night, four-day uh, trek, you have to think about it a good seven months before so that you can be put on the list and the first, uh, the first week of January, when the sale starts, then all those people that are online will start going in and they will start putting them in depending on how the reservations go. So it is very difficult to get the space. We do get them, but we have to work with a long time in advance. If somebody comes today and wants to go in June, there's nothing. There's nothing until September. That's, that's for sure right now. But the good news is that in the area of Cusco, we have at least seven different type of treks, keeping in mind that this was the way that the Incas would, uh, you know, uh, communicate from one city to another. So the trails are all over, not only from Cusco to Machu Picchu. That is the main one because of Machu Picchu. But we have a lot of other ones that are three nights, four nights, six nights, and you camp along the way. Everything is organized. The views going up those mountains are impressive. Between the lakes and the views, and you go through little uh, villages uh, that are still very much in use. It's not like, okay, when you go on the Inca trek, you're going to see ruins. When you go on all these other treks, you're going to see villages, which maybe a hundred years from now will be part of the ruins, but today they're very much alive and people are living there exactly as they lived, you know, uh, five, eight hundred years ago. Nothing That's has great. changed. They're still a shepherds taking care of their llamas and and sheep, which is mainly what you uh, have in that area. The houses are all made, you know, of these mud bricks, exactly, or stones, exactly like, like it was in the day of the Incas. So you're in touch with the people while you're doing the treks, which makes it for an incredible experience and not that many tourists because they're not that well known. One of the most uh, impressive areas, which today they're already planning on building lodges, which in a way it's a pity, but, you know, <laughs> this is what happens when they're right. discovered, is um, the, uh, the mountain of Asungati, which is one of the most popular treks besides, of course, the Inca Trail. And there is a trek there, which is only a, 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 it can be done in a one day or it can be done in an overnight. And it's called the Rainbow Mountain. It is beautiful. And it's some, uh, and it's, it, of course, it's not for everybody. Again, you do have to be in good shape. It goes up to approximately 6,300 meters. So you figure <laughs> it's it's not easy, but if you're in good shape and you're able to do the Inca trek, you can do this also, and quite challenging. And it is located in the southern part of Cusco, and we start also in the Sacred Valley, 
and you do this, uh, and we can arrange it without any problem. You don't need any permits. There is no, they're on daily basis, so it's not so restricted, yet it's just as challenging and probably even more exciting. So uh, this is something to be kept in mind when you are asked for the Inca Trek. I would say let's not dismiss it. Let's offer other alternatives which are going to be just as exciting and you're going to be opening other destinations within Cusco. Um, now, once uh, once in Cusco, after you've done, of course, the city tour of Cusco and the Sacsayhuaman um, Fortress, which is the, the classic tour, we also have the Pisac Market, which can be done from Cusco on, an, on a day trip. And um, you can then visit the other ruins in that area, and a lot of of centers where you have local weavings that are still being done and you can really enjoy a lot of nice shopping in that part of uh, the Sacred Valley, which a lot of people like to go because of that, basically. Um, the other uh, extension, once you're in Cusco and you've done Machu Picchu and you want to do uh, continue on, you can take the train, the bus, or you can fly and go to Puno. Puno, of course, is uh, on Lake Titicaca. It is the highest navigable lake we have in the world, and this is where the Uru Indians live. They live on self-made islands. You can actually stay on one of the islands if that's what you would like to do. Uh, or we can. We also have a very, very high-end property, which is right on one of the islands, which is beautiful. And this is uh, the Tililaki, and this is some a place where most people like to go for honeymoons, especially. Mm. It is really gorgeous. They've kept all the the natural uh, resources they have, but with the luxury of a five-star property. So it gives you both, you know, the luxury, but you're in the middle of the real thing. Uh, and from here, you can take all the tours, of course, for the Urua um, Indians and that. Those people that want to continue on a little bit higher, you can cross the Lake Titicaca and cross all the way to Bolivia. And... Uh, this is an extension which is available to you if you want to visit Bolivia. It is a very easy way of doing it. Bolivia does require a visa to enter the country. And I understand right now it's about $150, and you do have to get it in uh, the Bolivian passport. So it's something that you cannot decide locally. You would have to make arrangements prior is definitely worth it because from here you can go to the salt flats which are only in Bolivia between Bolivia and and Argentina and actually and Chile but this is a way of crossing over to uh, through the lakes and it's quite an experience 
it takes you back a little bit further than the Incas, right? Mm-hmm. Once you are in Lake Titicaca and you decide, okay, you're going to continue within Peru, you have a choice. You can take a car, a uh, land transfer to the Colca Canyon, which is about five hours by land, or you can fly to Arequipa and then go to the Colca Canyon. I would suggest to go by land only because this way you don't have to backtrack. Um, the uh, Colca Canyon is very special. This is one of the only places where the condors live in their national habitat. The canyon, uh, when you go to to um, the Colca, you have a choices of many type of properties, anywhere from three stars all the way to five stars deluxe. Beautiful area, also great for uh, people that enjoy spas, meditation, or outside sports like horseback riding and trekking. Uh, they'll wake you up about five in the morning to take you to the Colca because that's the time that the condors start coming from um, from the bottom of the canyon because as they're scavengers, they come up to look for food. So you can see these condors at eye level. It's quite impressive. And it's one of the only places where you can actually see them this way. So it is worth the sacrifice of getting up this early to see them. Sometimes they're a little bit lazy and they sit there and do nothing. But if you're patient, you will be able to see them at full swing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Arequipa, again, is where the Coca Canyon is located, and it's about two hours from the actual canyon. It's worthwhile staying at least an overnight, only to visit the city, which is what we call the White City. It's surrounded by volcanoes, and the people from Antipa are very proud people. We call them the Texans of Peru. Because they consider themselves more Arequipeños than Peruvians. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, very much so. And they'll tell you that. Uh, Arequipa has uh, a very interesting um, monastery called Santa Catalina. And this kind of wraps up the whole history of the times of the Spaniards, of the colonies, uh, where um, the uh, firstborn if it was a boy, was to become a priest. And if it was a daughter, it always had to become a nun. So Santa Catalina, um, it's a place where all the young girls from the society were taken with their nannies, the oldest one, that was going to become a nun. And that's where they lived the rest of their lives. So depending on the uh, amount of money they had was the type of accommodation they had. And it's very interesting to go and see it. And, and they, they, they have uh, preserved it perfectly. You can see all the rooms with the type of kitchens they had and where the nannies would live. It was quite a life. So 
the best thing in those days was not to be born the first one, just to be in the middle somewhere or the bottom. Because <laughs> as, as beautiful as, as Santa Catalina is, believe me, I wouldn't have wanted to live there the rest of my life. <laughs> but this is something, one of the, the historical things of Arequipa. From there, uh, you have about an hour's flight back to Lima. So now what you've done is that you've done a complete circle. And once in Lima, uh, considering you still have some time left, we would highly suggest that you would take the time to go to the Nazca markings. The Nazca markings are about two and a half to three hours from Lima by car or bus. You can do it on a private basis or on the regular tourist bus, which are very comfortable, and they have uh, you. You can uh, actually enjoy the trip very much because they have the CDs, and you can watch movies and everything else. Have sandwiches, and once you get to uh, the area of Ica and Nazca, they will pick you up at the bus station and take you to the airport for the overfly of the Nazca markings. This is one of the um, uh, mysteries, I guess, that we have in Peru, which they're still trying to decide where these markings came from and why they exactly exist. There are many theories, but the truth of the matter is that when you go on the overflight, you see any amount of um, different shapes on the sand, because all this is desert, and they've been there forever and they don't disappear. The only way that you can see them is from the air. And uh, they do have ele uh, these elevator things that you can get up there and watch them, but you never see it with a clarity that you see it from the air. And the shapes of spiders and uh, all kinds of animals, all of them actually uh, pointing towards um, Cusco and Machu Picchu. So they don't know whether they were built there for reasons of uh, religion or because of uh, other things. So I'm not even going to go into it because there are 20,000 dis different theories. And whatever I say, somebody's going to say, oh, no, 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 it isn't actually that. It's something <laughs> different. But you need to go, definitely. The Nazca markings are something that you come out wondering, how did, could this ever happen? Hmm. And what are they for? So once you've done, the, you've done the overfly, then you can stay in the area of Pisco, which is right on the, on the seashore. If you happen to be there uh, from November to March or April, it will be the summer. So you can really enjoy a couple of days at the beach before you go home. And then you also have what they call the mini Galapagos, which is the Ballesta Islands, where you take a boat and you can see a lot of the uh, birds and um, animals that live there, which is interesting. It's not like Galapagos, please. So 
but that's what they call it. So I need to say that. <laughs> yes, definitely. I don't know if Jerry's been there, but yes. he might concur. <laughs> yes, no, that, I've been there twice. Uh-huh. It's well worth it. You see, I told you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's But it's well definitely worth it. Worth it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So when we're talking about, uh, about the basic Peru that everybody knows, you can start with five, seven, eleven, or fifteen-day programs, depending on how much time you have. And you can, you can actually go for five days and do one day in Lima and four days in Cusco, combined with Machu Picchu. Or you can go for seven days and then combine Cusco, Machu Picchu, and Puerto Maldonado. Puerto Maldonado is is only an hour from Cusco. And it is the rainforest. It is on the on one of the tributaries of the Amazon. This is the best way to see um, some of the um, rainforest without having to go all the way to Iquitos, which we covered the other day. And here, although we don't offer cruises, we do have a lot of lodges and very nice ones. Uh, that you can spend two nights to three nights or more, depending on how much you like this area. And you have all the trails to go on. You see any amount of wildlife, especially from the bird kingdom. And you also visit some of the local villages in that area. So when you combine Lima, Cusco, Machu Picchu, and Puerto Maldonado, you're getting a little bit of everything that Peru has to offer, the coast, the highlands, and the rainforest. So it is, uh, it's, a, it's a very popular combination. Then, of course, for those that want to do a little bit more than that, you can start with Lima for a couple of days, then go to Puerto Maldonado. From there, you go to Cusco, spend your four days in Cusco, and then continue on to Puno. You do the Lake Titicaca and come back to Lima. Now you're covered just a little bit more towards the highlands. And, of course, to make it a complete circle, then you have the two weeks where you have Lima, Puerto Maldonado, you have Cusco, Puno, from there, we come down to Arequipa, to the Colca Canyon, come to Lima, where you can do the visit of the Nazca Lines, and last but not least, least Trujillo and Chiclayo, so that you can include uh, the Lord of Sipan, the ruins of Chan Chan, and then come back to Lima and back home. And that, after you do that, then you can really say, I know Peru. Before that, you know Cusco and Machu Picchu. And there's so much more to this country than the ruins of Machu Picchu, even though this is obviously one of the seven wonders of the world. But there's so much more to be discovered. And maybe you can come back discovering something that nobody else has seen. What a challenge. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's great, Martha. Wow. Right, and we haven't even touched many other areas 
because yeah. we would need another hour. <laughs> but this can give yeah. you an idea of what you can do in this area and keeping in mind that it is for any, uh, I mean, it's, it's good for any type of budget. You can start with uh, three-star properties on a budget, on a share basis, so that you can make these programs affordable. And those that want to do it on a very upscale can go on a, a five-star deluxe property, all in private basis, and spend $1,700 on an overnight in Machu Picchu, which is available, and we love it. So this is something that you can uh, offer your clients anything and everything. We customize everything. So all you have to say is, this is my budget, this is what I want to see, these are my interests, and then we set it up according to your needs. So it's something that uh, that is available to you. You don't have to say, oh, no, we can't afford it. Yes, you can. We can make it affordable to you. So give us a try. Yeah. I think well, with that, awesome. we've kind of covered a lot. But, Jerry, I know you're going to have a lot of questions, so go for it, please. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. <laughs> no, you did a fabulous yeah, job. that was I great. Mean, that was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. I um, last year um, a friend of mine and I did the uh, Gate for mm-hmm. I think it was four days and three nights and saw the Coast right. Mountain and that uh-huh. was the main reason we went to Peru because that is impressive and isn't it, it though yeah yeah it is so impressive and uh, it was one of my highlights of my many, probably 15 trips to Peru. And as you mentioned, um, being comparable or at least a second option for Inca Trail, I, I mean, personally, and having done the Inca Trail uh, five different times, one many, many years ago that was almost a week long, where it was quite an experience because you got rained on and muddy and uh, <laughs> You just walked through trash. And they didn't Chris, he doesn't things. want to tell you that he went with Hiram Bingham, but it's okay. All right. Well, it's almost, let me tell you. I'm talking yeah, right. like 45 years ago. And, okay. Uh, that was like maybe more. Well, <laughs> Nearly I mean, there. Maybe, maybe 48 years ago. I mean, that was early, early 20s. And it was a fabulous place. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for a million well, dollars. But I do, the last time I went on the income, I stayed in the lodges. And I was only on it, uh, I think, four days, three nights, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a wonderful way to do it. But the Ausengate, um is is very different experience and a option, be- an option, because most of it, once you get on the uh, real trail, uh, it only varies maybe like 2,000 feet uh, as you go along and for each day. I mean, it's rather flat. And uh, where the Inca goes up and down and up and down, you go up. One day you can go up and down four or 5,000 feet. And it's quite right. uh, quite arduous and but fabulous. I mean, everyone in the world should do it if they possibly physically can do it. 
But the Alfagate is pretty flat. I mean, you you might only go up and down maybe 500 feet in one day, and um, right. And they have lodges also. Um, right, exactly. But we also have the camping that can yeah. be done. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yes. yeah. So I, I chose, it makes it. Ex- mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, we chose the uh, the uh, lodging. Um, because my friend and I that went uh, are older, and uh, we didn't want to get the possibility of being rained on or snowed on. But mm-hmm. uh, it, um, the, we really loved the lodges. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to mention about the Nazca Plain, or the lines, mm-hmm. and I wanted to mm-hmm. ask your opinion of it. I've done it uh, at least five times, I believe, over the years. And do people ever get a little bit airsick, or have they toned that down a bit as you fly around? And no, actually, we've never had that problem. Uh, don't forget also that all these planes are now pressurized, so uh, right. you don't have it. You don't have the same problems we used to have maybe 40 years ago. So yes, it, nobody has ever uh, complained about getting airsick and again they are very professional you know they go around once in one side one on the other so everybody gets to see everything it's not like if you're sitting on the wrong side of the plane you're not going to see half of the markings no you do get to see everything because they go around a couple of times so that everybody gets the same chance Oh, good. And good. Uh, but again, it's not something that you want to just risk going, and saying, "Oh well, but I can do that by myself, or just take the bus and." Right. And, no, you can't do that. Uh, no, because you need reservations, and you might get right. there and find that you went all the way there, and you can't get space on the plane. So this is something that has to be arranged prior. I highly suggest you can do it on your own. I'm not saying you can't. But you're risking not being able to get to see what you want to see. Yes, it's not worth it. And um, no, uh, I, I wanted to go back to the um, the canyon. Um, or oh, the Colca Canyon, yeah. Yeah, Colca. And mm-hmm. the thing, uh, one of the things that I really was amazed. It's twice as deep as the Grand Canyon. I mean, it's one of the <laughs> deepest canyons in the world. Um, it and is, and you know what? The sad thing about it is that not a lot of people know much about it. And uh, I guess uh, it's overshadowed, definitely, by Cusco and Machu Picchu. And if you don't have the time, then obviously this has the priority. But it is something worthwhile going if you have the time. And now with the new roads that they built from Puno to the Colca, you can go directly to the Colca without having to go all the way to Arequipa and then backtracking a couple of hours or three hours to get to the Colca, which saves you a lot of time. I know. That's fantastic. I mean, yeah. when I... Um... Not only... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I was going to Not say, only yeah, that, but you you also have, when you're coming from Puno, you get the experience of all the changes mm-hmm. in the highlands, you know, oh, from nice. from uh, from Tundra all the way into 
the area of the Colca where it's more vegetation and it's completely different. The elevation so changes, quite, yeah, pretty major. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And you yeah. see the changes very marked as you're coming down, yeah. And another so area around there that I was most impressed because I like volcanoes, um, mm-hmm. even in Rainier Island in the Indian Ocean. I um, yeah. went out to the airport, found a guy who has, uh, had his own plane, and we flew over an active volcano. That was terrifying because it, mm-hmm. he goes up and the plane bounces around. But I liked looking yeah. down at it. But the, the, um, that area on the Coker Canyon, um, it has the largest, if I remember right, and please correct me, it has the largest collection of volcanoes in the world. In the very yes, that's area. why they call it, you know, the White City in Arequipa. It's surrounded by volcanoes. And the wow. Misti, which is the largest one, is right there. And it's quite beautiful, the, the scenery itself, because they're all, you know, snow. And the, the, the top of the mountains are always snow. So you always see this all around the city of Arequipa. It Would is you? very beautiful. Would you talk a little about a little bit about the altitude and altitude sickness? Because I know a lot of people, because of heart conditions or, or different reasons, are concerned about it. I know on the outside, yes. my friend who um, I mean, we have been up to from Kilimanjaro, almost twenty thousand, and others mm-hmm. in the um, Bhutan and Himalayas, but um, he actually doing Alcangate, the very last day before we came down, um, he started getting um, altitude sickness, which stunned us. But could you talk a little bit about altitude sickness? Uh, and, and well, more which is obviously also, also an issue in Cusco. And this is why I started by saying that to go to Cusco, you need a couple of days just to get acclimated to the altitude. Right. Yeah, you got to take your time. And take your time. Yeah. Yes, you cannot just arrive saying, oh, let's go. I know because uh, I know somebody that decided to go running because he's a jogger. So <laughs> oh. he decided to go running right that afternoon. <laughs> right this is not something so. that you want to do. Yeah. But uh, yes, the um, what we suggest is, first of all, to have a lot of liquids because Water. you tend to get dehydrated, right? Yeah, yeah. And in in the Andes, they have a couple of different things that they will give you. And one is the Munya tea, which is M-U-N-A, with a little hyphen on top, which is, it tastes like mint, and this is very good for the altitude, and also the coca tea, the which coca they will tea. offer you this yeah. no matter where you arrive while you're waiting to check in at the hotel they will come around and offer you the coca tea. Uh, some people might feel kind of uncomfortable accepting it, but it has. this is not cocaine. <laughs> it's the actual uh, leaf of the coca, which is not harmful. But it does help you to, uh, with, the, um, with the altitude. And you should really try to limit your intake of alcohol, coffee, an aspirin, because this tends to dehydrate your system. So just take the coca tea or the munya tea, and you will feel so much better. And then rest. 
a lot of rest. Just if you can lie down for a couple of hours before you start doing anything. It's always advisable because you will experience headaches, sometimes nausea, and you're going to feel tired. So this is the best suggestion that they will give you. And again, uh, we have oxygen tanks available. All of our chauffeurs in the vans will have uh, oxygen in case anybody needs it. And you can request the oxygen in your room also. And you can also buy the small little tanks at the airport if you want it for maybe $20. So um, it should not be an issue. We haven't lost anybody yet to the altitude, <laughs> except, no. But if you have a heart condition, yeah. high blood pressure, then it's something that you should really check with your doctor before you travel, because uh, you might need medication, and they will be the best person to tell you, yes, you should go, or no, you shouldn't. And that's when you have to turn around and say, okay, you cannot go to Machu Picchu, but guess what? We can take you to Trujillo and Chiclayo. Mm -hmm. And you will come back with a wonderful experience of the, of the archaeology of Peru and not miss out on the wonders of this country. And that's sea level. <laughs> I know it. So the last time, uh, last year, we stayed at the Palacio Nazarenas in uh, Cusco, right. and they even piped in oxygen. Oh. In the room. Yes. Oh, wow. And I don't think that I've ever correct, had a in, in my life. Jerry, you are talking Palacio Nazarenas, which is a Belmont hotel. Right. And yes, the rooms do have oxygen, some of them, and you have to make sure you request those. And uh, then, of course, you are talking about, you know, six, $700 a room night. Right. But the average property, you know, the three, four-star properties, you might have to request it to bring it to the room. Not all of them have oxygen in the room. Right, I know. Not piped in anyway. <laughs> right. right. That's right. I know. So it's important. You you get what you pay for, they say, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Because I stayed yeah. in, um, in, the first time I went to Peru, I stayed in the hostel. Um, uh -huh. hostel, um, and of course there was no oxygen there and it, but it's a wonderful experience and uh, then the next time I went I stayed in uh, like a three star hotel right downtown well everything is downtown Cusco practically but right there by right. the plaza and, um, mm -hmm. and it was very nice also but, yes uh, we, uh, we have older, we have a tremendous variety of hotels in Cusco uh, you can stay from a hostel all the way, as as you well know, in the Palacio Nazarenas, which is the very top of the line. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but uh, Jerry is going to experience Chris yeah. going back to his old roots, and he's going to really camp out. Going back time. to the roots. Yes, oh, nice. I, know, I can't wait. Next yes. trip, really. No, oh, I... no Nazarenas where he's going. Oh, I no, can't. Yeah, I'm right, thrilled. yeah. Like, yeah, it's pretty rustic. <laughs> yes. That would be great. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. Absolutely. No That's Nazarena. Awesome. But it's that. going to be an experience. No, no, but no, anyway, I, yeah. I just, I, I don't want to deviate from, from the subject. But yeah. Yeah. again, if, uh, don't be scared to ask for anything that you might want special. 
we do have available the oxygen tanks. We have available the doctors if there's anybody in need. We we suggest highly for anybody going to Cusco, Machu Picchu, or anywhere in the world, basically, to get insurance because you never know. You're going to yeah. do a lot of walking, a lot of walking. So you never know. You can step on a pothole and break your leg, you know. So this is something that nobody knows. We don't have the crystal ball. So it's important. But uh, but we have all the facilities, so not to be scared that you're in the middle of the wilderness because Cusco is no longer wilderness. It is very modern. You have ATM machines in every corner, banks, and you have from hamburgers all the way up to the, or down, whichever you want. So, <laughs> yes. And if you, if uh, for those of the, uh, Indian background that are looking for typical Indian food. We have the best Indian restaurants, and uh, so they won't miss anything. We have, of course, uh, Chinese food, which is our national, a uh, second national food in Peru is Chinese. Oh. Oh, wow. So you will find Chinese restaurants everywhere, and this is what makes the food in Peru so incredibly different. And delicious is the fusion of the Andes, the coast, and the Asian food all combined. And they've done incredible plates with this. So now they're all over the world, uh, getting very well known because of their uh, culinary um, experiences in the world. So it's something that uh, we're very proud of. Martha, well, that's great, man. Well, what a great show! Thank you for, you know, we covered quite a lot of ground there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we are in the East Coast in Raleigh, North Carolina. Our toll-free number is eight six six nine nine three o o three three. We are open from nine to five, and we have a service after five in case of an emergency, so you can call the number and somebody will be there to help you. And uh, I would say check our webpage at www.marnellatours.com. You'll get a lot of information, and if you need to contact me, you can do it by emailing me at martha at marnellatours.com, and Marnella is with double L. Right. Thank you so very so much, Martha. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Martha. That was a great show. Thank you, both of you, and I look forward to the next one. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> thank you for listening to our show from all around the world. We really appreciate